Welcome to the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm Gemma Bernad, the Manifesting Mum. Listen up, gorgeous soul. Manifesting is an inside job. If you want to transform your life, you must transform yourself first. Why? Because you don't manifest what you think, you manifest what you believe. And I'm here to help you change your beliefs so you can create anything you want. In these episodes, we're going to dive deep into all things manifesting and mindset with a dash of woo-woo. So if you're the type of mum that's sick of feeling unfulfilled, tired of being overwhelmed, and is totally ready to wake up every day loving life, then it's your time to learn how to make it all happen with courage, confidence, and most importantly, with love. This is going to be life-changing, so let's do this. Gorgeous Mama, welcome to episode number 30 of the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm Gemma, your host, the Manifesting Mum, as I am known around these parts. And I have a super, super special episode for you today. I'm really excited because I'm bringing an amazing woman to you. Her name is Jazz Jervis. And she has a beautiful business called The Calm Compound. She's a very proud network marketer and part of the doTERRA network, which I know a lot of you have heard about. Um, And whilst that makes her amazing, there are so many other things that make her incredibly inspirational. And one of those is that she is totally unapologetically herself. And she is authentic and she is vulnerable And she's just real. She really shares all of herself over on her social media. So if you are not following her, I'll give you her details very shortly. You must, 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 must must go and follow her. Uh, She, yeah, really just shares herself. She really shows up exactly as she is. She shares the good, she shares the bad, she shares the ugly and everything in between. And I know that is why she has created and continues to create something really amazing within her community and I know that's why I absolutely feel inspired by her as well. Um, She's really raw and honest in this podcast episode which is totally what I expected from her Um, but I really bring her to you because of her authenticity and I really want to in sharing her story and sharing you with her help you to find the permission you need to be unapologetically yourself as well. Imperfections and all, all of the stuff in between, just being who you are and being as comfortable as you can be in that as well. And, you know, Jazz certainly shares that that's been a journey for her, although there's certainly parts of her um, characteristics and her personality that sort of lend themselves towards that. But she's definitely herself. And the message is not to be like her, but the message is to take inspiration in the fact that she is confidently who she is and she shares that with the world as well. And before I dive into the episode, I just want to share a couple of things with you because this episode I'm bringing to you almost completely unedited, okay? So I'm piecing together the pieces of this interview, but I am not going ahead and editing any of the content out, taking any anything out of this episode because, you know, for me, it's really important that you understand that we're all doing the best that we can and 
what is so important is as you're working towards your dreams that you take inspired and imperfect action. And sometimes that isn't perfect. You know, sometimes that is raw. Sometimes it is a bit of a mess. Um, and sometimes it works really well. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you are you and you find a way to get more and more comfortable in your own skin. And so I'm this episode, as I said, is pieced together. It is unedited as well. And you'll also know that when we get into this episode, um, I mispronounce Jazz's surname. And, you know, that's something that would normally really bother me. But the reality is, is that we sometimes we just make mistakes and that's just part and parcel with it. And it's okay. It is like totally, totally okay. And the other thing I did um, with this podcast episode is normally when I interview someone, I would go ahead and do my hair and my makeup and wear something that's relatively nice. So at least look somewhat presentable. This time around, because we were having a conversation that was really all about authenticity and just being yourself, I actually threw on just an old singlet, a pair of shorts, and I washed my hair because I'd been in the pool all day, but I did not blow dry or straighten it. I just let it just let it dry in its natural frizzy kind of state. I had no makeup on, and I know that you can't see me, but it was important for me to take that step. So I just want you to know it doesn't have to be perfect. Like sometimes just being you as you are in that moment is enough for you to show up in your life. Sometimes that's all we can ask of ourselves. I think, you know, it's just incredibly important to embrace ourselves at whatever stage we're at in our life at whatever moment we're experiencing throughout the course of our day as well. And the reason that is so important, particularly when it comes to manifesting, is that there is no one else on this planet that can be you. There is one me, there is one jazz, and there is one you. We don't need you to show up in this world as anyone else other than yourself. We don't need you to pursue dreams that are anything other than your dreams, So as you go about manifesting in your day-to-day life as the born creator, as the superpower that you have to manifest whatever it is you want, I really truly want you to start to embrace who you are, where you're at, and really just take ownership of what lights your soul on fire and pursue that in your life. And as Jazz so eloquently puts, just don't don't give a fuck or give less fucks about what other people think. So without further ado, I am super excited to bring to you the amazing Jazz Jervis. Please connect with her over on Instagram at the calm compound, at the calm compound that is, okay? And um, you can also go and check out her beautiful website, which is thecalmcompound.com.au. So over to the interview. Well, hello, beautiful Manifesting Mum community and welcome. This is my very first recorded episode for 2019. Even though I have released a few episodes so far, this is the first one that I'm recording in the new year and I'm telling you the energy for this year is amazing. And to kick off my first recording, I am not solo on this episode, which is super cool. 
I am joined by one pretty cool, pretty amazing, pretty inspiring chick who um, is going to, I think, blow your mind because I've been following her for a little while now and she certainly has inspired me, blown my mind and in sometimes, in some cases, ignited a bit of a fire and a passion in me, and I know she's going to do the same for you today. So, I want to welcome the gorgeous Jazz Jarvis into the Manifesting Mum podcast. Jazz is a mum of one terror, the gorgeous Clementine, husband to a real life giant, Tom, lawyer, essential oil convert, I'd have to say essential oil queen, chief mum boss at the Calm Compound. After reaching a pretty low point in her life in a completely new state and away from friends and family, Jazz was introduced to essential oils and so the Calm Compound was born and how lucky are we. Since that time, she's built an incredible community of women and two dudes as well and her aim is to help others, particularly mums who may be feeling similar to what she was, to keep their family as happy and healthy as possible. What a beautiful mission. Jazz is a huge advocate for being authentically you, manifesting your wildest dreams, and staying in your own lane. She is my type of girl. A huge welcome to the first recorded episode in 2019. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You are very, 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 very welcome. Very, very welcome. I'm super excited to have you on. Um, I set the intention to invite you last year and didn't get around to doing it until this year. And you said yes straight away, which was awesome. I was like completely blown away and thrilled. And I'm so excited because I really feel like we're going to have a really epic conversation. So many things to talk about. So many ways I know that you can inspire the Manifesting Mum community and your own community that listen to this podcast episode as well. So let's get to know you a little bit more. Like I've followed you on Instagram. You are totally vulnerable on Instagram. So I do feel like I know you already, but I'm sure there is more to find out. So tell me, tell me about you. Tell me about your beautiful family. I want to know all of it. I want to know how you got to be where you are what's going on in your life right now share it with us all cool let's do it so my name is jazz um my surname is jervis but oh. do not stress because i reckon probably three people in my lifetime have said it correctly even my you know, boss do you know what before i got on this i always ask people how to pronounce their name and i was actually meant to ask you yours as well and i didn't my apologies. No, it, honestly, even um, what's funny is that it, Tom, which I'll go into, plays basketball, and even NBL commentators like ah. to play. So you know what? It's just one of those things, and I don't usually correct people, but I thought I will because I love the ring of Judge Jervis. Love it. Beautiful. <laughs> it. But um, no, so I actually grew up in a country town. I'm from Bunbury in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not many people know that. So I grew up there. Um, I've got two younger brothers. Um, my parents were in hospitality. We they actually moved up to Perth when I was still in year 11 uh, because they wanted to start a business up there. So I actually stayed in Bunbury by myself um, to finish year 12, which was, everyone always says to me, oh, do you have lots of parties? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I was like, no, I really did not make the most of living by myself. Mm. <laughs> um, but no, I really wanted to study law um, at UWA. So studied a lot, 
kept pretty quiet, kept to myself a little bit. Um, by that time, I'd pretty much stopped all of basketball. So I played a lot when I was younger, um, went to a lot of tournaments and things like that and, and um, decided in the end that I probably couldn't play basketball forever. So it was time to sort my career out and figure out what I was going to do. And then one day just sort of woke up and thought, I think I'll be a lawyer. Blood sort of freaks me out. So nurse, <laughs> doctor, that's all off, off the card. So let's just give lawyering a crack. Um, and so, yeah, I got into UWA, moved up to Perth uh, and, and did my studies there, did uh, a double degree of law commerce um, and, yeah, work, worked really hard. I've always been someone that's quite driven and ambitious, so I really wanted to make sure that I got into a top firm. Uh, so I started my grad job um, at Minter Ellison, loved that, uh, ended up setting, settling in the litigation team, which is like a lot of court work, uh, went back to play basketball for a year. I came out of retirement uh, <laughs> to play one season and then met Tom. So we were playing for the same uh, state league. We were playing for East Perth um, in the state league, playing for the state, same club. And so we we're both playing, you know, for that club. And I remember seeing him thinking, that guy is huge. Uh, I have a thing for tall guys. So I need to find out all the information. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. So he added me on Facebook and it was just that really awkward sort of, hi, how are you going? And there was team events and we didn't really know each other. But we added each other on Facebook and it was just awkward. Hashtag awkward. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously um, not too awkward. No, no, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, we sort of hung out for a little bit. I did not continue playing because it was just, too hard. Being a, a graduate lawyer is often uh, not 5 p.m. finishes, mm. uh, more like 10 p.m., sometimes 2 a.m. So it was just really hard to get to practice and I just felt like I was doing both a little bit half, uh, which is not me and uh, you would know that. It's definitely not me. I mm. like to give everything sort of 100%, so I just didn't feel like it was, it was right for me at that time and I feel like all the stars aligned to go back for that one year and then I met Tom. So I it was like all, it. It happened the way it was meant to happen. Um, and then, yeah, so he ended up getting signed, um, with the Perth team. We bought a house there, um, and sort of settled into life in Perth. Uh, we got married there, uh, and then things sort of, you know, we fell pregnant with Clementine. We, we started trying and it happened like the first month. So we were like, okay, cool. Shit's getting real. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then th the relationship with my parents sort of started to, um, after we got married and when, when we fell pregnant, um, that relationship really deteriorated both of my parents. And, and I feel like um, I've always sort of second-guessed whether this was something that I would share if I was ever interviewed or even on social media and, and things like that. But because I was so affected and uh, brought into a lot of it, I feel like it's also my story to tell. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm sharing it. But that, that relationship severely deteriorated. Both my parents uh, have been in mental health facilities and always struggled with mental health. Uh, my dad in particular, uh, and I had just, you know, fallen pregnant and a lot of things happened uh, at that time and it was just extremely traumatic. Mm. Um, I got an opportunity to sign with the Brisbane team um, and it was a great contract and for us we just felt like we needed to go. Yeah. Uh, we served our time in Perth uh, and it was just mentally and emotionally just not right for us to be there anymore because it wasn't fair for me, for, for Tom and I really, to be the parents in the situation. So we left. I uh, went to Brisbane for two years and that was where um, the Calm Compound was born and it, uh, like I said, all the stars, all the stars aligned really. Mm. Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, I was on maternity leave. I got on a plane when I was 
34 weeks pregnant. Mm. I had never been to Brisbane. So it was a little bit of an overwhelming experience um, because, you know, I was obviously going to be having Clementine at a new hospital. We didn't have our obstetrician. It was all just a big deal. But yeah. anyway, we sort of, you know, were happy to be together and it is what it is. You just keep on lifing, really. Mm. Um, and, yes, I had Clementine. She was born in August and I was on maternity leave and I found the adjustment from being, a, you know, a full-time solicitor, which is quite a stressful job and um, demands a lot, I guess, to then being on maternity leave and then having a baby. Mm. I really, really struggled with that. And I think looking back now, I definitely was struggling mentally and didn't really seek the assistance that I probably needed at the time. Um, sure. But luckily, luckily for me, um, even though Tom travels quite a bit, um, even though we don't live in the same state now, which is I'll get to, um, yeah. <laughs> he, he at sort of 12 or one o'clock. So I had that support and I think that's probably one of the only things that got me through. Mm. Um, so I actually went back to work at about, Clementine was seven months old. I got an opportunity to go on secondment to a bank. So I did that. Um, and then Clementine was in daycare and just shit went downhill from there. So mm, <laughs> I yes. was working full time. Uh, Tom was obviously traveling, you know, quite a bit as well. Getting to daycare, trying to pick her up, trying to deal with illness. Like it was just honestly, I was completely at my wits end. I was like, how do, how do people with multiple kids cope? Like yeah. this is destroying me. So mm. um, it got to a point where Clementine had a couple of days off. You know, she couldn't go to daycare. She was too sick, and which meant I was looking after her because Tom was in China. Um, and so on the third day, I remember waking up thinking, third, third time lucky. Like there's a reason people say this shit. Mm. Third time lucky, we're going to be good. Uh, I remember getting up, taking her to daycare and they were like, no, like she, we have told you for the previous two days that you cannot bring her here. Um, which I get, I totally get that. But when you're, you know, yeah. trying to work, you've got a full time yep. job. Yeah. Um, we had a trial starting and it was just, it was very stressful and my boss just didn't get it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's ironically on the same day, the, the beautiful lady that introduced me to essential oil, Sarah Jade, she was tagged on something on Instagram. Um, and I don't even remember for the life of me what blogger it was or how, what I saw. I just, I remember seeing her. And so I reluctantly, and I say reluctantly with purpose because I came from a really non-holistic household. My mum cleaned every little inch of our house with bleach. <laughs> if, if it is not bleached, that shit is not clean. Yep. Um, so I just had never, ever been exposed to anything natural. Um, none of my friends were really into any of that. Um, I had a really negative perception of it. I was one of those people that were like, oh, it's all for hippies. It's all a lot of crap. Crystals don't work. It's rubbish. Like I just was so unbelievable. Like I think there's a difference between just not being exposed to it and also being against it. And I was completely against it. And so I very reluctantly reached out, um, tried a couple of things. Um, Clementine was really colicky. She was so sick from daycare, wasn't sleeping. It was just a nightmare. And being in Brisbane, um, it was, you know, it was cold at the time, but I knew going into summer, I was like, I need to sort this out. Mm. So anyway, I tried a couple of things. And they were all really great. They, you know, they were working for her and I just thought, let's just keep going with this. Um, but I was not using them for myself. I just thought, no, I don't need this in my life. I'm happy to use them for Clementine if they're working. Um, and it was actually Tom that did our first like order with doTERRA because I, mm. like I said, I was like, I don't really care. Like I'm happy to use the, I'm happy to buy blends. I'll just buy blends from her. I don't want these oils in my life. I don't need them in my house. Let's just do that. And he was like, no, you're being a pain in the ass. I'm going to do an order. So he did an order and we got a couple of things and 
anyway, I remember coming home one day and he'd, he'd put some oils in the diffuser because he, you know, got home earlier than me. Um, but I remember walking past and thinking like there is something in that diffuser that he's speaking to me. Um, and we bought a couple of books because I think um, the lawyer in me as well was like, tell me all the things, tell yes. me all the research, yes. tell me what, tell, what's the go, what's mm-hmm. the go. Yep. And so he did that um, and I remember walking past and, and, and he got the oils out and I went and read about this oil called Easy Air, which for all the doTERRA listeners and all the doTERRA users mm-hmm. will be like, amen. Mm-hmm. Because that oil, um, you know, it's the oil of breath. So it's really, really good at breathing in all the things that you need to receive and you need in your life and breathing out all the crap. Basically, it's very good at dealing, at helping you cope with grief and trauma, unlocking any sort of suppressed emotions that are trapped in your rib cage. And for me, after, you know, I was still dealing with a lot of family stuff, um, you know, my dad had been in a mental health facility and just dealing with it from a different stage and, and that pull, do I, do I ex, you know, do they have that relationship with my daughter? Like it was just a lot yeah. of things going on. Um, and that was the oil out of all the oils that I, that I could have noticed that was the oil. And it just kept happening. And before I knew it, I was spending, you know, three hours at night researching about essential oils. And then Tom sort of sat me down and he's like, babe, I think we should probably channel this into something constructive because at the moment you're just <laughs> you're driving me insane. And and that's when we decided, let's, let's do it. Um, you know, we bought um, something that's called the Diamond Kit, which is every single doTERRA product because I said I wasn't comfortable talking about anything that I hadn't used, I didn't have in my home. Um, so we went and bought that and I went and got a business loan. Like I was literally like, we're doing it. We're doing it because if someone like me, who is so sceptical, such a non-believer, um, and someone who is very, you know, I, I've always been a very guilty into a proven innocent type of person. Mm. Like if someone's complaining, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. You know, if someone's, I, I, you know, if someone calls in sick, I'm like, oh, they're so faking it. Like I just, mm. I've always been just that type of person, which is not a fun way. It's not a great way to live. And that's something that has developed and evolved and, 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 um, has definitely been one of the things that's changed over this journey over the past sort of year and a half, almost two years. Mm. Um, but at the time I was, you know, like, this is shit. This is rubbish. This is all a load of BS. Um, and so if, if that could have, if it could have that sort of an impact on me and my family and lower our stress and help Clementine, like it could help other people. It could help people that were in my situation that are busy moms that were working full time that may, you know, were in careers or, or whatever it might be that just did not have the time to muck around really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could relate to someone like me that wasn't, um, I guess the traditional sort of um, multi-level marketer and yeah. someone who sales because um, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm in a multi-level marketing company, direct sales, uh, you know, at the time, and that's something that we can chat about later. It was something that definitely was a mental block for me at the start. Mm. But I, I love it. It's great. It's really great. And I feel like if I, that can have that sort of impact on me, yeah. then I can help everyone else. So that's sort of how it all started. Um, but we're now in Melbourne. Um, Ironically, my husband signed a contract back in Perth. So he's <laughs> Perth. I'm in Melbourne. Um, and there's no reason why we moved to Melbourne other than why not? Let's give yeah. it a try. Um, and, you know, my best friend lives here. And we just thought we'd give it, you know, give it a shot and then try and expand the business a little bit more and, um, I guess, grow. Because moving to Brisbane and getting out of our comfort zone was the best thing we ever did. So yeah. moving to Melbourne, you know, can't hurt. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> That was amazing. There's so many places to go with what you've just said. But one of the things I take that just really clicked with me then was your approach. I mean, 
you, as you just said, like, I mean, you were not easily convinced, like you were very skeptical, mm. you know, and it's, I, it sounds like, I don't believe in coincidences either. Like the, for me, the universe orchestrates, like there is no coincidence, you know, like, you know, you went back for that season and you met your husband, you know, the oils didn't just, you know, pop up in your life. You know, you were drawn to them. They were drawn to you. It was this connection that happened there. Mm. But you know, a lot of people feel that, like a lot of people experience that, you know, call it intuition, call it the gut feeling, whatever it is, you know, there must have been a part of you though, that was able to shut off your analytical mind to be able long enough to be able to listen to something inside of you that went, this is something more than just an oil. Yeah. Was it, was it for you? Like, cause I mean, mm. and the reason I asked that is because one of the things that, um, you know, it's so key with manifesting that people really struggle with is taking inspired action. So mm -hmm. we get stuck in our brain and we overanalyze this, that, and the other. But at some point, there's got to be something that, you know, that we go within mm. that says, like, let's take, let's take this leap. Let's make this call. Let's do this. What was it for you? Was there something else for you other than the, all, all the researchers weighing up? Mm. Where was there? I think there was. Um, I mean, Firstly, everyone should have blue tansy because that's the oil of inspired action. Uh -huh. So that's Lovely. Um, But I think for me, um, you know, I certainly didn't live a bad life at all. Um, mm. I had, when I was younger, I had a good relationship with my parents. Um, it was just when we got older, they just, I mean, being in hospitality as well, their lifestyle was very volatile, um, very mucked up hours. They drank a lot um, and that it really did deteriorate quite quite quickly. And I said to Tom, when we moved to Brisbane, I said, I just really, really want to give Clementine a different life. I really want to, like they were very, um, very focused on money. Uh, that was a big part of their life. They always wanted it, always spent it. And I just didn't have any, I don't think I really had very good role models in that respect as well. Mm. Um, and also living healthy. Um, I was always healthy because I played sport, but my parents were very unhealthy. They lived a really unhealthy life. You know, that they probably ate okay, but, you know, they, they yeah. drank and they, and they didn't sleep very well. And, and mm. you know, they just, they lived a very different life to me. And I said to, said to Tom at the time, I said, I just, I really, really think that um, from that perspective and helping people and, and helping, um, helping others, but I think for me it was my voice was, I, I, I have a lot of internal struggles that I have never been vulnerable enough to share. This was at the time. Mm. Now I share a lot. But at the time, I'd never really truly opened up to Tom either. He knew that we'd had a very, really, really traumatic few years um, with a lot of family stuff. But um, at, at the time, I don't think, I mean, he knew me. He knew, my, he knew the true me. But also there was a big part of me that I never shared mm. because I've always been the strong one, always. Mm. Uh, so for me, it was, I know that this is something that I can connect with people over because I don't have that relationship with my family and I don't intend to at the moment because mm. for me, it was a really negative part of my life and I emotionally couldn't cope with it and it was affecting me too much. Um, and so I think I was a little bit desperate or longing to have that connection with people and I felt like this was it. You know, it, it connected Tom and I more, I think, and it had an impact on our relationship. Um, it helped me with Clementine because a lot of the time, um, like I said, I, the transition was really difficult for me. So when she was sick or not sleeping, I was frustrated at her. 
and it's not her fault, but that was my, that's sort of my reaction to a lot of things. I get very frustrated, I get very angry. Um, and for it to have the oils and, and just the lifestyle to have that impact on me, I knew that I could connect with other people. And I'd never had that, you know, basketball and things like that are a different type of, that's a different environment. You know, you're a team, you've got that team environment and, and, and you develop a lot of skills from that, you know, teamwork, communication, collaboration, but this was a different type of connection. This mm. was with people that had just had shit hit the fan or be struggling like I was and I was longing that and I didn't realise I was until I saw the opportunity to connect with people. Mm. Is that what drives you? Is that what, because I mean, you, from where I sit, when I look at the journey you've been on for as long as I've been following you, which is probably only since, you know, maybe 10 months, maybe, um, you know, you, you've done exceptionally, like you're doing exceptionally well. The business looks like it's very successful, but not just that. I see the engagement. I see what you have. I see the relationships that are built. Is that what drives you? Is it that? Is it that connection? Is that where your passion really? Like, I mean, the essential oils are amazing. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But is it? Is it that connection? Is that what drives you? Is that where the passion and the purpose for you really is? Totally. It's never been. I mean, at the start, it was about the oils and the products and getting them into homes and helping people in that way. And then when we started creating this really incredible community, um, I said to Tom, I was like, "This is this is so not about the oils." Mm. It's not about that anymore. It's about creating a safe place for people. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, mm. the Manifesting Mum community. Like um, to have these people that's, that have said, I've never felt confident in an interview, but I put on my oils and I went in and I absolutely killed it and I know I'm going to get that job. Or, mm. you know, my, my kid has been up, up every night for the past six months and I made a sleep blend and it was amazing and I'm so grateful and thank you. Like that, that shit lights me up like that yeah. you could not get any greater satisfaction than that and to know that people um are being supported and a part of a community um and people that have met like there's people in our team that are just you know that have enrolled and, and with doTERRA and are using essential oils that have met each other i've met people i've you know taught workshops in other states and stayed at their houses like it's it's mm. created you know, a lot of people ask me, aren't you worried about going to Melbourne? Like you don't really, you know, you moved to Brisbane, you didn't really know anyone there and you just started establishing relationships and you're going to move again. I was like, hey, I have people, we have a whole team all over the country. Like if I never needed someone to talk to or to go and visit, I've got a whole tribe of people that I could call on and that is all I need. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? That connection. And we don't, as mums, particularly new mums as well or particularly mums with young kids that's certainly something that's missing for so many of us isn't it that I, that's got to be such a huge reason as to why your community is as you know as big as it is and so powerful as it is isn't it that we're craving this connection yeah completely agree yeah it's so important and it's missing for so many of us as well isn't it it is what was missing for me i mean i um i'm only 27 so um i, I had clementine when i was Geez, how old was I? I think I was 25. So, mm. you know, relatively young. Um, so a lot of my friends didn't have kids. Yeah. Uh, and and to be honest, I didn't really keep in touch with a lot of people. A lot of um, friends that I went to school with stayed in Bunbury, didn't move up to Perth. Um, so I, I didn't have a group, a big group of friends. My group of friends was basketball because it completely ruled our lives for a long time. And then when I left, 
you know, you sort of just grow apart because that thing that you had in common is sort of no longer there. And even though I was friends with them, you just you go your separate ways. So I've never had a big circle of friends. Mm. I certainly don't have a big family. Um, I don't talk to my immediate family. Mm. So I really didn't have a lot. So for me, I think that, and I didn't know it at the time, but like you said, I think once uh, I sort of, my, my perception started changing, I was like, this, uh, this, is my, this is how I can connect. This is how I can form relationships with people and this is how I can, I guess, evolve into a new mum as well when I really am mm. struggling. Like I've found it hard to go to mum's groups and things like that. I, you know, mm. I love going, but it sort of was a bit, um, it was very forced and I mm. wanted this happen organically and, and this was it. Yeah. Was it. Let me ask you, like, I mean, this it's clear, you know, being a lawyer and even this, I mean, the common ground is helping people. So that's obviously something that's really big for you. I mean, but I the has the passion for helping people was it as strong when you're a lawyer as it is right now? No. So Tom and I talked about this actually earlier today when we were having a chat about the podcast tonight. Um, I've never been someone to want to help people, and I know that sounds really horrific, but I just I never I never became a lawyer to do that. Um, yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people study it to do that, but. Unless you're uh, working in something like, um, I don't know, human rights or something, even that. I mean, there's not a lot of topics that you can be working in. in, And even family lawyers, you know, they might be helping their client, but they're destroying someone else's life. No disrespect to family lawyers, but, you know, like it's same with me. Like I was, I would, if I got a win for my client, then clearly someone was losing. Mm. That's just how it works. So for me, I never became a lawyer to help people. Um, I became a lawyer because I thought it was... um, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to do something different. Like none of, no one in our family had gone to uni or anything like that. So for me it was, well, why not? Like I think I can do it. And I really didn't have anything else that I was super passionate about. So I just sort of did it by default, to be honest. Yeah. There, was no, there was no moment that was like, you should be a lawyer, you know, you can help people, you can do this. And it was it never happened for me. Mm. Um, and I never really went out of my way. And again, this sounds so horrible, but I didn't, I mean, Tom disagrees. He's like, you've always wanted to help people and you've always, you know, I mean, even when I met Tom, like Tom was in a quite a um, tough place mentally and mm. um, I said I'd never sort of stay around for a guy anymore because I had done it previously in the past, but I did. Um, and at that point it was just about helping him get out of what he was going through himself and um, and it wasn't, you know, necessarily if we didn't end up together, we didn't end up together. Um, it was more he needs help and I'm going to do it. So he disagrees with me, but I personally don't feel like I ever really had a great passion to help people until this came along. And and even then, I mean, when I first um, started using oils, like I said, I wasn't very open to it, which means I did no research. So I had no clue that doTERRA were helping people all over the world um, and that they were building schools and that they were, you know, building hospitals and they were co-impact sourcing with other countries. I had no clue. And I went to the first convention last year when I first started building my business and was like, I think I cried for Mm. most sessions because I was like, holy shit, this is so much bigger, so Mm. so much bigger than oils. Like, Mm. yeah. Well, it is. I mean, and it's the whole industry itself is opening up ground not just essential oils, but MLMs, network marketing businesses, mm. opening up ground for women to pursue their passions. Like, yeah. uh, and that's what I think is missing for so many people is that, like, I mean, so, and I was very much um, similar to you as well. I mean, I had, I mean, I found myself in 
quite a few. I studied law at one point as well mm-hmm. and found myself in finance and ended up as a personal trainer and, you know, a whole lot of stuff But and, and found my way into a uh, network marketing business at one point. But the reality is, is that a lot of us don't start off when we leave school. We don't go and we don't know our passion. You know, we don't know what our purpose is. We're really finding our place in the world mm-hmm. still. I mean, we're, I think we're always looking for ourselves. We're always finding another level of ourselves anyway. Um, but you know, at some point there's something in us that is calling, like there's some level of unfulfillment. There's something in us that's, that ends up calling us or pulling us to find something more. Mm. You've taken that step. I'm taking that step, but there are so many women that don't, that are stuck, that are in this place where they're not, they're either working a job that they're, you know, really not quite fulfilled at they're at home with the kids and you know they're happy to be a mum but they're really wanting more for their life Mm. but they are scared they're scared they don't know they don't feel like they you know we've got all these stories about what we should 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 be doing Mm. you know how do we give ourselves permission to pursue something that really lights us up, like that really, you know, just puts a fire in our belly and makes us jump out of bed in the morning Mm. to do what we want to do. Like how did you get brave enough? Because a lot of people will see that as going, you know, you've got this really quite an amazing job, Mm. you know, from the outset, a lot of people will look at that and go, Mm. you know, how did she get so, when did she become brave enough to pursue that passion? Mm. Look, I think um, I think it certainly didn't happen overnight. Um, even though I say, you know, we we made the decision to do the business and um, and to really start sharing it with other people. Um, I you know I, I I took it seriously. I treated it like a business, and I think for a lot of people that are wanting to um, pursue a dream or be brave enough, like a lot of people just think that because. You are a stay-at-home mom, um, and you're working from home, or you're working flexibly. That it's not. They don't treat it like a business. It's more treated like a hobby. Mm. And I think it's really, really, really important to treat it like a business from the outset. Um, you know, I went and got a business loan, and I, um, you know, like I had it before. I was even making money. I had an assistant because I am so shit at Canva. And I cannot use that thing to save my life. Um, and you know, it's time consuming. And, um, and so I always treated it, treated it like a business from the start. Um, and so I think, um, I think a lot of people, I guess, misconstrue or not misconstrue. That's probably not the right word, but I think it's just blur. They blur the lines a little bit and it becomes just a little bit amalgamated in between a hobby and a business and things like that. And I think that's where some people get a little bit put off. Mm. Like, what is this? Like I'm passionate about it, but what is this? Mm. Um, but I feel like the moment I started treating it like a business was like, well, I have to make it work. I've gone and got a business loan. Mm. Um, I want to help people. Let's do it. Let's re- like I, I've got no choice but to make it work. Whereas I mm. think for some people, um, they sort of it, that that line is blurred a little bit, and um, and so there's there's more reason to sort of sit back, I guess, and just sort of wonder and think, is this really for me? am I really passionate about this? Um, but look, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. I was very, I had a lot of blocks at the start, particularly because all my friends and family knew me as someone that, um, loved, you know, beauty products and, and all these things that I had now pretty much said, that's all bad for you. Don't Mm. put that shit on your skin. So I was really worried about what people were going to say. People knew I wasn't a very holistic person, you know, the amount of people that would have heard me say that all that stuff is woo woo, 
you know, I'd lose track. So I was the last person on the planet that was going to do this type of work. And so for me, I had huge blocks in relation to that. Um, and also the fact that I was in a direct sales or, you know, like a multi-level marketing company. What are people going to think of me? Are they just going to think it's this big pyramid scheme and stuff like that? But you know what? That sort of lasted about a week. And then Tom <laughs> was like, Jazz, when have you ever given a fuck about what anyone thinks ever in your entire life? And I was like, that's an excellent point, babe. That's an excellent point. So I sort of just got to the point where I was like, I don't care anymore. Like if they don't like it, they're not for me. Um, you know, I've never really been someone to dwell on stuff. If someone doesn't, you know, if I don't gel with someone or something doesn't work, cool, it's done with, doesn't work, let's just move on. Um, and so I just sort of let, I let myself feel those feelings and then it was just, no, nah, we've got to make it work. I love this. This has changed my life and I'm going to change other lives and I am going to create a really beautiful business for our family that gives us time because you can always make money. Mm. You can't make time. Mm. You can't time. Um, but for us, that financial freedom was going to give us time and that's, mm. what, that's what I wanted. Mm. Oh, look, when you um, – there's a couple of things – what I want people to listen to is what in what you've said is also to get inspiration because again, we go to manifesting. There's a couple of things that you raise there is that one of the things that most people struggle with is this stepping into this version of themselves that is living the life they want to, you know, and you really raised such a good point using the analogy of treating it like a business. And you Mm. said, you know, some people have the blocks there and they struggle and they're kind of these blurred lines from where I sit. What I see is people are sitting in a space of fear and doubt and uncertainty. They want so many people want that they want, they want the business, they want the freedom you talk of, you know, they want the financial freedom, they want the time freedom, but they're too scared, they doubt themselves, there's uncertainty, you know, they're really holding themselves back from taking the steps to do what you need to do. Whereas from where I see, where I'm sitting, what you did is you went, well, this has got to be a business. So I've got to treat it like a business from day one. And I want people to hear that, not just in the analogy of the business, but to understand that what you did was you went, okay, well, this is what I want it to be, so I have to make it this now. Mm. And that's what people have got to do when it comes to manifesting. You want that outcome, you've got to make it as though it's, you're living it right now, and you, and you did that. Mm. But a lot of people have fear. You mm. mentioned that you had some blocks when you started, and one of them was, you know, kind of for a very small period of time, what will people think about me being in, you know, a network marketing business? What were some of the other blocks? That you had the big one for me was because I, like I said, I, I was never a holistic type of person. Mm. I didn't, you know, holistic health, um, that you know, living a low talk sort of lifestyle. That was never a passion of mine. It was, to be honest, it was didn't even come close to being a passion. I was disinterested. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that was huge because I was like, well, I feel like a fraud. I feel like a fraud mm. because I'm preaching about not preaching, but you know, I'm educating on living a healthy lifestyle and, and we still lived healthily. Um, but we just didn't, I didn't pay attention to waste. I didn't pay attention to plastic. I didn't pay attention to what I was putting on my skin. Um, I didn't pay attention. You know, I, I got sick and I went to the doctor. That was sort of my 
this poor call. And then I'm, you know, all of a sudden a week later because I like to take action fairly quickly. So it all happened quite quickly. And I said, well, and then a week later, I'm going to be educating about natural solutions, natural solutions for mental health, for immune support, for your kids, for your home. And so for me, I was like, people are going to think that I've literally taken something literally because this is, this is a whole new gal. Um, and for me, and that's stuck around for a bit. It really did. Um, not so much for the new community in Brisbane because, you know, they didn't know me. So as far as they knew, this was me. It had always been me. But for people back home and people in Perth and people that had known me from a young age, I was worried about that. But, you know, I just, I got to a point where I just said, it doesn't matter. Like I'm happy. Tom's happy. I'm in a different state. So I really couldn't care less because I don't have to see any of these people. Mm. <laughs> but um, I think for me, the real sort of, when I really sort of broke away from those feelings was um, uh, gi- giving less fucks, firstly, that's a yes. big of mine, but also um, really backing yourself and starting before you're ready and being vulnerable. And um, I've got a, one of my biggest sayings and things that I always communicate with my team is to just start before you're ready because done is better than perfect. Mm. Um, and I've always been a big believer in that. And I did start before I was ready. I wasn't ready to run a business or, you know, I had no idea. I had no clue about running a business. I had no clue about connecting with people. I had no clue about social media. I had like maybe 700 followers on my personal Instagram account. I didn't know about hashtags. I didn't know about anything. But I was like, well, I'm sure I can learn. Like there's a YouTube video for everything, right? Um, and so for me, I was like, well, I think it's, uh, you know, I allow myself to be vulnerable for a second, which I think is really, really important because that's the only thing that really allows you to step out of your comfort zone if you actually acknowledge and appreciate that you are mm. outside your comfort zone. If you don't acknowledge and lean into that, you're not going to make any progress. Mm. Um, but I, I think um, was really sort of valuing me and valuing time and valuing um, you know, like I said, I, I did very much treat it like a business and, uh, you know, I had a virtual assistant from day dot, even though I wasn't making any money because I value me. I value my time um, because time is money. That's just the way the world works. So for me, I valued me. And so I said, well, if, if I, you know, if I'm going to really live by that and create the life we want, um, then all of this shit that's going on in my brain and all this stuff that's holding me back, um, and telling me that I shouldn't do it and telling me that you're not ready and telling me that, oh, you should learn about Instagram before you start and learn about this. How was I going to do that? If I let all that bother me, I was, I'd be still sitting here a year later planning. Yeah. Planning, you know, sometimes planning, it, it's great to have a business plan. It's great to sort of think about what you want to manifest and what you want to create. Manifesting is huge. But in terms of the actual planning for a business, like, people spend their time doing that for two years and before they know it, they haven't jumped into it. You've just got to do it. You've just got to start before you're ready. Yeah. The interesting thing is I, I, faith is such an important thing. And I want to ask this question. Hopefully it'll lead me at least in the direction I'm hoping it'll go. But did you ever at any point have thoughts of this won't work out? No. Right. That's, I was hoping you would say that. And I thought you would say that. And I just, I really wanted you to say that too, because God, this is so important, like this message that is being weaved in. And I this hear this, if, when you are listening to this podcast, hear this clearly. Faith is everything. It is everything. And you will breed your success, you will breed your outcome from having 
unwavering faith in what you are manifesting, no matter what it is, whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's more money, a child, it's when the doubt creeps in that the, the outcome stays at arm's length. And I, it's so important. And do you think, is that, Preach. You, yeah, it's Preach. so true though. It's so, yeah. but it's, it is, people are looking for these rituals and these things to do and t- like, you know, I need a, I need something to do in the morning. I need something to do at night. Give me this, that and the other. Give me the missing link. Give me the steps to manifest. All I can say to you is decide on what you want and have faith. Mm-hmm. Done. Because the rest of it falls into place, doesn't it? Because when you have faith, you find a way and the way finds you. Like when you are, you are, completely energetically aligned with the fact that you are creating and you have created this business that's going to give you time financial freedom you aligned everything falls into place and that's exactly what's happened I mean when I say falls into place I know it's not smooth sailing let's be honest like you know any business any part of our life we have ups and downs and that's just a natural part Mm. but it happens doesn't it and that's what's happened for you yeah you can you're completely right and I mean I even speak to um you know, people now that are in this business and, and for those that are listening that, that know a little bit about, a little bit about doTERRA, a lot of people say, well, I'd love to be a platinum one day. I'd love to be a diamond. And the first thing I turn around and say is, why don't you want to be a presidential diamond? Mm. What's wrong with presidential? Um, and so, for, and I, from the get go, I was like, I'm going to be a presidential diamond one day. Um, and, but I, but I then started to change my language and it wasn't, and it's exactly what I say to all of my girls is, you might say, I am going to be diamond by this time. But what I want you to say and what I want you to really truly believe, because none of this works if you don't have faith, like you said, and you don't believe it, is I am diamond. Yeah. I am going to be diamond. Like it's not, you know, like it's all I am. And I have, you know, for those, it's always in my Insta story, so people have probably already seen it. But in my kitchen, I've got, um, you know, those chalkboards where you put the, what are they called? Those felt boards where you put the letters in it. Oh yes, yep, yep, yep. What are they called? Um, you know, I've got those in there, and I and I've got my goals, and I've got things on the mirror, and I've got things all around the house, and it's never ever. I, I try not to use language like I am going to be, or mm. you know, things like that. It's I am. It's done. Um, yeah, it's done because yeah. I just the moment you're in that headspace where you're second guessing it, like you said, you've, you've got to just totally, totally back yourself. Mm. always because like I said everything is if it's come to you it's come to you for a reason yep. you know law, law of attraction and, and all of that stuff um and when you're really energetically aligned it just it just happens if you truly believe and you back yourself and you just have faith it just it all works out it does yeah. it does it's interesting though because when we talk about vulnerability a lot of the time we talk about showing uh the weaker side of ourself, I put weaker in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. Is there not vulnerability in showing the strength as well? Like how that's a, that's vulnerable to like to expose that. Yeah. Because for, I think a lot of people are wired. It's a little bit of that tall poppy syndrome sometimes. Like a lot of people are wired mm-hmm. to hold themselves back because they don't want to be seen as overly confident or, you know, I can't be backing myself that much. But yeah. It doesn't work. It just can't work that way. You can't have what you want and doubt yourself in the same at the same space. You can't have what you want and not be have a strength behind it. So this yeah, that's, that's this, something I struggled with too. Because when I first um when I first started building and I had a couple of other you know people sort of jump on board that were keen to do the business, I found it really hard um to to 
not have that confidence, but to actually say, I've always backed myself. Mm. Well, I found it hard for those words, like exactly what you just said, yeah. to come out of my mouth because it made, you know, I don't want to sound like a dick. Like, you know, that's, I don't want to sound, you know, like I'm coming across as just obnoxious or anything like that, but I truly have always backed myself. Yeah. Um, and I tell all the girls that too. Like you've, you've got to believe it and you've got to tell people, like people want to know what your strengths are. Like don't, be, don't ever be afraid to ask for the sale. Don't ever be afraid to tell people I can offer you this or I am good at this because at the end of the day, um, people want to know. Like, you yeah, know, they do. They do. They really do. And how are they going to know if you don't tell them? Yep. Um, so, and and I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I've never re- I've never had anyone um, anything really pop into my inbox about um, that coming across negatively. Um, so I have been lucky in that respect, and I think for the most part, um, people follow me for that, and people connect with me for that because I really I really am unapologetically just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I share good things and I share bad things and. I share when I'm having a teary day and things like that. Um, but I also, I'm really passionate about people being confident and and, mm. and, um, and people backing themselves and not just not giving a fuck, really. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you're not always going to be everyone's cup of tea. You're not always going to impress anyone. But if you spend your whole life trying to impress people, they're not, they're not your people. Like, you'll attract people that need to come into your life, need to come into your tribe. Um, and that's just the way it is. And that's that. Yeah, I know. It's it, do you know what I love it? I, so many people that come on my podcast deliver such really simple advice, and I love it because we're always looking for complex advice. Like we're always looking for you know multiple steps to do this to have this. Like it's just simplicity in that is don't like just don't give a fuck. Yeah, like it's it, totally. it really can be as simple as that. And I also want to point out, I think, to people as well is that. There is a huge difference between arrogance mm. and strength, between arrogance and confidence. There is a huge, huge difference. And I think that's where people blur the lines is that they, the confidence that they want it, they so desperately crave, they're worried it's going to come across as arrogance. And I think you are proof that it doesn't come across that way, mm. you know. And the reason that I can say that and I can see that is because there is no fakeness to it as you say you are unapologetically you like when you are authentically you when you are comfortable enough to show up as you are the good the bad the ugly and everything in between you know that's when you do get accepted and people you know we're all worried about judgment but when you show up as you are you don't get judged well, you don't care so much about whether the judgment that comes comes through you. But I really want people to see that. I really want people to um, understand that, you know, there is this difference between the arrogance and the confidence and to be able to step into that confidence because that is really what is going to get people manifesting exactly what it is they want. It's mm, exactly. so important. So, and I, I think a byproduct of that as well, sorry to cut you off, a byproduct of that as well is, um, we can all write in our journals and we can all write down our goals and we can manifest, I want to do this, I want to do that. But if you don't truly believe it, it's, it's, what's the, there's no, there is literally no point to doing it. So if you're not confident and you're not really truly believing that, it all, it all just sort of lines into one, right? Like it's, um, you yeah. need to be confident to be really, to have that faith, to have that belief and to back yourself. You've got to be confident. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't work otherwise. So, yeah. No, yeah. it does. It doesn't work at all. Like, I mean, as you say, I mean, like, 
there's just those few key things that you need to embody. Confidence is one of them, you know, being authentically you, like being comfortable in your own skin is so important, no matter what that skin looks like or how it comes, uh, comes across. And, um, you know, that vulnerability and that confidence are all just so incredibly important. It's so incredibly important. What does it mean? Like, what does authenticity may actually mean to you? Like, if, you know, when someone says to you, I think you're really authentic, like, what does that mean to you? Um, I think, I think for me, um, it's taken a bit to sort of, it's been a heck of a journey, I guess. I, I certainly wasn't this open from the start, but to be honest, I I was pretty open considering I'd never used social media before and things like that. And in workshops, you know, I'm, I'm sort of bare all. I've told people that I've put oregano on my hoo-ha. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I honestly like, because I know that I think being authentic is, is, um, I guess allowing yourself to be vulnerable, um, in situations where it may not be comfortable for you, but you know that somebody else is going to take something from that. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, you can only be authentic if you share, you know, like for people that are blogging or influencing or things like that, you know, that you have to share negatives. Like that's certainly not what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of people, um, you know, and influencers and, and business owners and people that I follow that don't share the negatives, but are still completely authentic. Mm. Um, I just, it's, it's a hard question because it's, it's come and again, not to come across in the wrong way. It's come fairly, um, natural to me because I think for me I was really really craving connection and I didn't feel like I was going to be able to connect with people if I wasn't being authentic um so for me it's I I think that um I am relatable to people um and so that's why I share so much it's why I share positives and negatives and things that are personal to me because not not everyone does not everyone does and I think there's um probably not a lot especially in our um, you know, in doTERRA land, um, go to commas and, and in this sort of industry, I'm not your typical sort of um, multi-level marketer. Uh, I have a corporate job. I still work in a corporate job until, uh, well, until this week. I was full-time. I've now dropped Fridays. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was, you know, full-time at a corporate job and I, and I love my job. You know, a lot of people sort of when we um, hit our last rank, you know, are you going to quit your job? Are you can do this, you can do that. And I was like, no, I really like my job. Like, you yeah. know, that, that's, that's me. Like I've always been a lawyer. And for me, I, I take a lot of pride in that. And, um, I think it's just, I've tried to be as raw as possible, not, not raw, but you know, be as honest as possible about how I'm feeling and, and, and what is going on in our life because I have shit days too. I've been struggling quite a bit mentally recently. Um, and I am going to take people on that journey because I know that it's still one of those subjects that is not talked about enough. Um, and I'm very passionate about it because I was one of the people that saw it as a weakness. And I say that honestly, um, but I hope that, um, you know, people that are listening um, don't judge me for that because it certainly wasn't intended, but I've had a lot of mental health uh, issues in, in, our, in my immediate family and I certainly judged and I didn't understand and try to understand. Um, and, you know, having now sort of dealt with a little bit of that myself, um, I know that I'm doing the right thing. And that being authentic and being vulnerable is exactly what I'm meant to be doing right now because there are people like me, there's a lot of people like me that see it as a weakness um, and that don't talk about it and then don't, don't try and understand it. And if I can now sort of flip that around, 
then I'm sure that other people will take something from it. Yeah, totally. I think that is such, so incredibly important um, because I'll be honest with you, I don't know many women, myself included, who have not experienced at least some mental health challenge at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's spoken about a lot more, but this it's still not spoken about really probably as much as it should be. And I think you hit the nail on the head is that so many of us feel like it's a weakness. I feel like it is our weakness and it's not, it's a, it's just a part of us and it doesn't have to define us either. I mean, it can be a part of us without it being a strength or a weakness or anything in between. It can just be a part of us. It can be something that we've experienced or are experiencing and can be totally okay. And do you know what? I also am so grateful for you sharing that because I want, again, I want people to hear that you can still be confident and authentic and still have struggles. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like it's not one or the other. Like you can hang out in both places at different times in your day you know, and you can still create what you want in your life. Like, you know, I put a post up on my Instagram tonight about that specifically saying, you know, when you're in the zone with manifesting, you know, it's great to be there. And that's when you're all in this space of love and gratitude and confidence and all that kind of stuff. But we're not always going to be there. We're not always going to be hanging out in that space. And that is perfectly okay. Like it's okay to be worried and anxious and stressed and overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff. But what's important is to acknowledge it, yeah? Mm, yeah. I mean, I was listening to a Brooke Castillo podcast. Um, for those who don't don't listen to her, she is the life coach school. Mm. Um, and she's, especially for business owners um, that are listening, you should definitely go and check her out. But um, one thing that she always says is you're going to spend 50% of your life in, in the negative. 50% mm. of your life, you're going to be experiencing negative feelings um, and be overwhelmed, you know, all, all that type of thing, overwhelmed, upset, whatever it is. So you might as well get used to it and acknowledge it, not get yes. used to it, but acknowledge it, lean into it yep. and, um, and learn from it. And, um, and you're so right because for me, I, you know, I have the last, last few weeks, last month um, have been quite difficult for me and I really did feel, I felt a bit like a fraud because I was like, well, I'm talking to people about natural solutions for mental health and supporting your mental, you know, supporting your emotions and this and that and I'm really struggling and, I, you know, I just, that, I just... I was getting pulled in lots of different directions. And I was like, oh, I just don't know about this. And, and then I sort of sat down with Tom and we, we talked about it and he said, but you can be in both. There's no reason why I'm still confident. I'm still always going to be vulnerable and authentic and, and have that sort of confidence, uh, you know, when I, when I show up on social media and things like that. But like you said, it's totally okay to be having a shit day mm. or to be struggling mentally or to be going and seeing a psychologist, whatever you need. Totally. It's, God, such an important message because so many women that come into my community, their biggest blocks, in inverted commas again, is struggling with, you know, anxiety or just even generally feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, I kind of almost want to reframe it that it's not a block. It's just something that coexists. Like you've just got to learn to coexist. You don't have to, it's not always, necessarily always going to be a part of your life. Like I'm someone that has spent Oh God, decades healing myself and I'm at a place in my life right now where, you know, I've found this amazing internal piece. It's taken a lot of work to get there. So I'm definitely proof that you can, you know, go through the stages and come out 
in a different stage, completely different person. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean I don't have moments where I'm not overwhelmed. I don't think it's really or you know, stress or anything like that. I just think it's so important to understand it's not necessarily a block. It's just a part of what you're going through. And it's there. I, I truly believe it's there to teach us a lesson. It's there to expose us, to help us grow and learn more about ourselves. And in some respects, it's important to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's crucial to embrace it to get through it. It really, really is. I mean, oh God, there's so many, so many ways to go. This conversation has been amazing so far. I hate to even bring it to an end, but we're going to have to. <laughs> there's so much. We've spoken about so much. We really have. It's been amazing. Um, you know, your passion is palpable. Like it's really amazing. I love that. I think it's so such a beautiful message to share. But I love that you've been able to share that vulnerable side of yourself with us as well to show that that can coexist. You can be strong, a strong, confident, you know, independent, passionate woman, but you can also have those parts of you that, you know, aren't quite there. So if you could share one piece of advice, you know, to those within the community about getting to know yourself, accepting yourself, being vulnerable and showing up authentically in your life, however that looks, whether you've got a business or not, whether you've even got an Instagram account or not, Mm. what would it be? I think the most important thing is to um, really, and I hate, I hate, it does sound so simple, but to really just stop giving a Yes. About what other people think. And I know it sounds, it's so, you know, people are probably thinking, oh, it's, it's easy for you. It's easier said than done. Because um, I've had that before. You know, I've had that before. Um, but it really, you've just got to. You just, I found that the more I, and I, I do come across confident and, and like someone that just sort of doesn't worry about things and it is a big ma- uh, mantra in, in sort of our life is to just not worry about it. But, you know, I am affected by people. I, you know, lead a team of we've got sort of 15 girls that are that are doing the business as well that I talk to daily about this sort of stuff and I'm affected by things and some of the messages I've got have been quite raw and hard to deal with and things like that. Um, and I've been affected emotionally lots of times and that's, you know, something that I've, been working on recently um, and I still get worried about what people think sometimes but at the end of the day you can only do your best that is all anyone ever asks of you um, and the rest is just icing on the cake mm. right you can only do your best the someone's opinion does should not matter to you you know as long as you're happy your husband's happy or your partner or whatever and, and you're comfortable with what you're doing comfortable in your own skin if they have an issue um, then they're not part of your tribe um, and it's just the, just the way it is. I'm sort of proof of that in terms of, um, you know, like blood is not necessarily thicker than water. Your mm-hmm. tribe, your family is whatever you make it. Your tribe is what you make it. And I've chosen to make it a tribe of people that I don't really know. <laughs> I do now. You know, like that's just the, what I've done. And I don't really give a fuck about anything else because they've changed my life. They've touched me. They've changed my life. They have allowed me to grow into somebody that I'm really proud of. Um, because, you know, a year and a half ago, I, A, would never have ever considered seeing a psychologist talking about my feelings or B, share it with over 10,000 people. Mm. So it just, it is what it is. Yeah. Not worry, not worry about it. And yeah. it takes some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, but if, if you at least try and tell yourself that a few times, it will become, become easier for you. It'll be a little bit more natural. And before you know it, you'll just be kicking so many goals so many goals because you won't be inhibited by anyone. Yeah. You'll just, you'll so believe in yourself. You'll have faith and you'll be like, I am so going to 
I'm just going to kill this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So, like, you know, the simplicity of that will not be lost on people, I really think, because, you know, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not powerful and certainly not effective. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, the goal is to not give a fuck. But as you said, it's a journey. Like, there's some days where you maybe do give a little bit of a fuck, but you get over it because, you know, you know that at the end of the day, the better place to be is where you're not giving a fuck at all. And, look, I was blessed enough to work um, with a really great coach last year, Jim Fortin. And one of the things that he said is the reality is, is that people are going to judge you. So why not just focus on doing what makes you happy? They're going to judge you anyway. So you may as well be judged while you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about and that lights your soul on fire. Like just do it anyway. Look, you are, the queen of oils. So we cannot finish a podcast with you without at least asking you what are some of the best essential oils we can use for manifesting the shit out of what we want in 2019. <laughs> I just can't I'm not ask you that question. Yeah. So no, come that's on, okay. you mentioned blue tansy for inspired action. Yes, great but- for inspired action. I'm glad you didn't ask me what my favorite oil was because people ask me that all the time and I'm like, dude, I can't pick. It's like asking yeah. to pick my favorite child. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also am a big fan of a few of the citrus oils. So wild orange and tangerine yes. are all about creativity, abundance, manifestation, litzia, all about oh, yeah. manifesting abundance. Um, so they're sort of, they're my faves. Um, yeah. And frankincense because for a lot of people, like, you know, we talk about this relationship with, um, you know, in terms of manifestation, but you've got to have that belief. Yes. And frankincense in terms of that spiritual belief and spiritual connection are really, really working out what your passion is and what you, what lights you up and what you want to do. Um, I think frankincense is the best, the best for that and really connecting with yourself. So they would be my top oils. Oh, great. Love it. And that might explain why last year I just could not get enough of frankincense. Like I was just every day it was just like smell it yeah. rub it on me do something with it because it was yeah. amazing oil love it love it well we've come to the end it was amazing thank you so much thank you for showing up as yourself i knew you would anyway but i truly appreciate that you again were unapologetically yourself in this because it's helped to get home the message that the truth of the matter is ladies that you know It is time. It is time for you to step into your purpose, your passion, whatever it is, and most importantly, to have unwavering faith in whatever it is that you are manifesting in 2019 and you really helped to really get that message home to our listeners. So, Jazz, thank you so much for giving me your time this this evening. I know that those that listen to this podcast will get so much out of it. So thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love you to subscribe, rate and review over on iTunes. See you at the next episode.